0: Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. Coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern, Ryan Koenigsberg, joined by a slew <laughs> of CU Buffs, insiders, fan correspondents, beat writers, everything you can think of across the sun. To my left, I've got Allie Monroy and Sam Weaver. To my right, I have Chase Howell. Directly across from me, I have a special guest who longtime listeners will. No very well. And we'll get to him to in a second. But folks, it's Rocky Mountain Showdown Week. And that means football Woo. is back in Boulder, it's back in Denver. It is time, the fall is here. And I gotta say, Steven Montez today got me all sorts of fired up about this game <laughs> because he he decided to take the role of villain. And no one ever wants to take that role in this rivalry. Everyone's always trying to not make Bolton board material, but Not Steven. He came out today and said, quote, there's a lot of weaknesses in that defense, and we're looking to exploit them. He also said, I don't really know if I expect a shootout, but I expect us to put up a lot of points. He is not exactly shy about how he feels about this game, and that gets me perfectly to the introduction of our special guest, another guy who likes to talk a little trash about (laughs) CSU. Fan correspondent on this podcast Bryce Badwin, you may know him better as B-Bads. Welcome to the show. Hello,
1: sir. Good to be back. Good to be back here talking uh, what makes the world go around, Buffs football.
0: Well, you're here. You got something to say like the old days. It's (laughs) CSU week, so speak on it.
1: Well, first things first here, I think we got to talk about Stevie real quick and kind of playing that role of villain. And that's exactly what I want to see out of my quarterback when he's about to play CSU for the first time in his career is... Pretty much seeing it how he sees it—that their defense sucks and that we're going to put up some points out there—and I want to just talk about just—I think it's important for all CU fans out there to to realize what this game means for us because it's really just it's just where we exert our dominance over over a, a school that is just not up to our caliber. And we can go through we can go through the list really quickly. One, if anyone who goes to CSU says that they're proud to go to CSU, they're lying to you. <laughs> They applied. Oh, wow. to C- they truly did <laughs> apply to CU. No one, no one just applies to CSU. You apply to CU and you apply to CSU, and that's the cold hard truth. And if you went to CSU, then you either didn't get into CU, or some, or you just have mental problems. <laughs> Second, they've had over I don't know, what three different jersey sponsors in the last couple in the last ten years: Russell, Under Armour. I don't even know. Adidas probably didn't even want them, so that's another thing where people are lying to you. If they love wearing Under Armour, they're lying to you. They're nice. jealous of us having Nike and being one of the first Nike schools ever. Next up, their stadium, <laughs> their precious this is stadium. Amazing. My man's came this prepared. Is great. This is their stadium, <laughs> which I will, I'll tip my cap to them. They, I mean, they had to copy us to get beer in their stadium, but it's pretty cool. I think that having an entire part of your stadium open to flat ground is really dumb but could try and keep it closed and keep all the sound in there but nope you guys probably knew you couldn't put that many more seats in there because you wouldn't fill those seats up as for um really just the colors of your school as well they're terrible black and gold obviously it is far superior to the the green and gold of csu and The last but most important thing, anyone who says that Fort Collins is a better place than Boulder is lying to you. They're straight up lying to you. And that's really all I have off the top of my head, but CSU is garbage, and I can't wait to throw them in the trash can this weekend.
0: Welcome back, Bryce (laughs) Badwin. I mean, wow, that is refreshing. Um, A long time member of this here podcast. Uh, If you're new to the show, let me introduce you to Bryce Badwin. But if not... Uh, I'm sure you've been missing that for a couple years now. With all of that out here on the table already, let's get into this football game. And I think an important thing for the Buffs is to be focused in this matchup because we've been talking all throughout the summer about how we felt there might have been a a little bit of a lack of focus in terms of that football team, maybe getting a little bit too high on their own supply, as you might say, uh, and, and feeling really good about themselves but we've always said there was one guy, number 23 in the backfield, who could lead this team. And if they follow him, they're going to be all right. Chase, you were at the press conference today, as was Sam. What did you get uh, as far as a vibe from Philip Lindsay?
2: All right. So Philip had to meet with the media today um, directly after practice. There was the luncheon where uh, Steven and Affilabi and Coach Mack talked. But this was directly after practice. There's about there's a lot of camera guys, probably like three or four cameras in front of his face, and Phil was just not having it today. I don't think he wanted to be in front of the cameras, and they continually just asked him questions about CSU, and he just got frustrated, dropped the bomb, and the bomb was all the questions. They're cool and cute and everything, but it's time to play ball. And, I mean, as a media guy, I love to hear that from Phil. You know, he's focused. That's how you could, what you can tell from Phil. I'll say this about Phil he's always
0: willing to talk with the media. He's always willing to give you a good quote about whatever your story's about. He's kind of one of those guys who can sense what you're looking for and he'll give it to you and he'll take a second, make sure he, he, he gives you the thought into your answer that, you know, you're looking for, for him to basically say today, like, just get out of my face. Like all I want to think about right now is crushing skulls is amazing. And that alone, like, first it was Steven that got me all hyped up, and I didn't even know about this Phil stuff until we sat down and I started talking to you guys. All of that is just telling me that this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I have a feeling that, you know, the rivalry is kind of reaching a peak here. CSU feels really good about themselves coming into this season. The Buffs feel really good about themselves. They're coming off a blowout. CSU wants revenge. It's all adding up to a beautiful rendition of the Rocky Mountain Showdown.
1: I agree, man. And even for me, I mean, this game is, is just a, is a great game to, to kind of get fired up about and, not, like I said, reminisce on all the reasons why our school is way better than theirs. But it really is It is going to be – I think you're right when you say it's at the kind of peak rivalry. I mean, when you look at the ticket sales, when you look at kind of how both the teams are feeling about themselves and especially with what happened last year, and then also just with the changes that, that CU has coming into this season and then with CSU kind of with a little more experience this year, I think it's, it's definitely poised to be a game that kind of gets people really excited about college football in this state for, for two teams that I think are really poised to have uh, have good seasons.
0: Yeah, and last season a really good crowd for what you know seemed like two struggling teams – this year I expect it to be a, an even better crowd.
3: Yeah, by mid-Tuesday afternoon, CU had more than 33,500 tickets out for the game, while CSU was nearly 30,500.
0: Well, I am no math major, <laughs> but I believe that adds up to 64,000 tickets sold. Um, we we're talking about a seventy2 72,000-seat stadium. Uh, usually some good walk-up traffic for this game. That's going to be a Pretty packed house.
1: I believe what the kids call it. It's going to be lit, my friend. <laughs> it's going to be very lit.
0: Always keeping us young. You always did. Uh, CSU opened the stadium last weekend. Bryce uh, briefly touched on the opening of that stadium. Super it cute, really is. Super a- cute stadium. Super cute. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a beautiful looking it is, stadium. It is pretty. Uh, and congrats to them on that. They looked good. Uh, I watched most of the first half, and then I had to head over for my duty covering the broncos and by the time i had made it just from my house which is a few blocks away from the stadium they had opened it up in a big way in the second half and they were riding high this was there was a few scenarios that i liked for cu that was um csu winning in a squeaker kind of you know grinding it out um and alerting the buffs to the fact that they're legit and then maybe csu getting blown out to the fact where they were just like okay well we suck this one is not one of the better scenarios for CU, and that's CSU going in there and trouncing a Pac-12 opponent and coming into this CU game with serious hopes. I mean, I guarantee you in that locker room, they're thinking not only do I have a chance to beat CU, but they have a chance to make some serious noise in their conference this year.
1: Yeah, man, I agree. I think one of the main things that they have is a senior quarterback. I mean, if you look at what the Buffs did last year, having a senior quarterback in Sefa Lufal, I mean, that just does wonders for a team's confidence, and Nick Stevens took a huge shot and threw an interception. That's one part of the game that I did see, and that was actually the last part of the game that I saw before learning that they put up 57 or 58, whatever it was, but that just really calms the team down, knowing that they have that leadership, and when you look on the flip side, the Buffs, obviously, Stevens played in some big games, but, I mean, you never know when times get tough or if the Buffs start slow, if people start tightening up, what, what could happen, so CSU has the complete right to be really confident for this game, and, I mean, it's going to be a tough game.
3: Well, I, I agree. I mean, CSU's offense really did dominate, but their secondary didn't look so good out there.
0: Yeah, uh, I watched early in that game, and Oregon State had some guys running wide open that their first-year starting quarterback was not able to find. And, uh, you know, I turned to some of the people I was watching the game with, and I was like, Steven Montez and Bryce Bobo and Shea Fields and Juwan Winfrey and Devin Ross and Jay McIntyre, you can go down the list. Those guys aren't gonna miss those. Now, I think it's a possibility that Steven Montez comes out a little rusty, maybe they're not on perfect point right away. All I know is there's gonna be opportunities for the buffs over the top, and that's where Steven Montez loves to go. And they're gonna connect on a few. So while CSU looked great on the offensive side of the ball, I think Oregon State missed a lot of opportunities to take control, especially early in that game. And I think they have a, a great chance, the Buffs do, to exploit that secondary
2: just like Steven Montez was mentioning today. Yeah, exactly. And the, the thing about Oregon State was they just weren't doing that much on offense. They couldn't get in a rhythm, throw in the ball. Whenever they would run it, it was the same run every time to Ryan Nall. And, I mean, he can only do so much when, you're not, when you don't have a pass
0: game.
4: He can't do it in all.
2: Yeah, you really
3: can't. I had to get a pun in there.
2: I did, I did.
0: But
2: when Oregon State doesn't have a pass game and they only have Null, it's pretty easy to stop, and they weren't doing anything different with their run game. It's not like they were using any misdirection or anything. I just, I wasn't that impressed with Oregon State's offense, and I think CU's offense, like Steven Montez said today, there's a lot of holes that can be exploited there.
3: I think it also depends, though, on how we've talked last week about one of our concerns with Steven Montez is how smart he's going to play. And, I mean, the secondary, CSU secondary did struggle, but they did pick off three from um, Oregon State. So I think it really is going to depend on Steven Montez being smart, seeing who's open, and really not pressuring some of those throws.
0: Yeah, I mean, old Stevie football is a guy who believes he can make every single throw, and that's something you love in a quarterback. But it's something you have to be careful about, especially as a first-time starter. You know, when Aaron Rodgers is out there trying to make every throw, he knows the ones that he can get away with. Steven Montez, I'm worried about getting overconfident in that arm and throwing some of the ones that you can't get away with. You know, if you're throwing, um, you know, a slant in your own side of the field, you can't be forcing that when there's, uh, you know, a corner coming down on that and and they're walking in the other way uh, because you forced a throw that they stepped in front of. So – I think Ali's right in the sense that Montez is going to need to be smart with the football because, like I said last week, it's that tennis analogy. If you, get, uh, uh, if you break the serve and you're able to stop the other offense from scoring and you go score yourself, and, and if you can get that score-stop-score, score, as, as they call it, a kill in football, that's going to be what flips this game on its head.
2: Yeah, this might look like a tennis match more than a football game because it's just, it's going to be going back and forth, back and forth, and it's going to be who can stop him on the other end and flip that.
3: I think also, though, just feeding Phil is always a great option. I think Stephen Montez should definitely look for that run all the time as much as he can because feeding Phil, Phil Phil finds his the holes. He finds ways to get there. And throwing, I know – Steve Montes has an arm, but feeding Phil, in my mind, is going to be huge throughout the whole entire season.
0: Well, it's always about that easy check down over to uh, Philip Lindsay. That, that's such a big part of this offense. I think that's kind of what you were referencing there, yeah. um, is, is not just running the ball but finding Phil out of the backfield.
1: Yeah, man. God, just talking about this offense is getting me so fired up. Are you guys not fired up?
0: There's there's a lot to be excited about when you talk about this but I think that, yeah,
1: that first drive is just going to be really important for this team. I mean, I think – I feel like they're going to – I can't decide if they're going to just try and come out right away and just go over the top with them or if they're going to try and settle Steve in there and, and kind of run the ball a little bit. But there's just so many weapons on this offense, this offensive line. I, I feel good about it. Um, I don't think any Buffs fan isn't worried about our offense. I think with Steven, what you were talking about earlier, you're going to take the good with the bad here, man. He's a gunslinger. And you got to let him throw. He's going to make some mistakes. Um, and honestly, I think that kind of rolls to another point about the defense that I think is going to be probably a big part for the bus considering that CSU just put up 57 on him. This defense, I mean, it's it's Coach Mack's baby, man. Defense is his baby. The secondary especially is his baby. Um and I, I feel like a lot of bus fans are pretty nervous about this defense and what they can do this year, and they're going to take a massive step back, which obviously they're going to take a little bit of a step back. Last year's team was unreal, but there's still plenty of talent on this team, and, and Coach Max, like I said, he's not going to let this defense just completely fall to the wayside. If you don't know
0: Bryce, he actually was uh, worked inside the team for a little bit as the equipment manager on the field uh, for most practices. You talk about that idea of the defense being max baby. Do you have any experiences that you can share
1: that kind of lent you to that thought? I would say for I don't know how many went to a lot of practices when I worked for the team, probably over 70 practices, and I would say for all those practices that coach Mac was with the defense for probably over 85% of the, those practices. Always with the defense a lot with the secondary cuz the one year I was uh, one of the years I was with him, he was the DB's coach and I was with the DB's. And, and it's just his baby. I mean, he's going to let those offensive guys do their thing. I think he kind of knows his place, and the defense is, is his place, is his home. And, I mean, when you got all those other playmakers and coaches on the other side of the ball, I mean, why not put your focus to the defense, especially this year when you're losing Levitt and, and, um, and Coach Clark and all those types of guys. So to kind of bring some solace to bus fans who are so worried about that, I mean, hey, the head coach is with the, with the defense day in, day out. I'm not at practice every day. These guys would know more than me. But, I mean, I think if if you want to kind of not be too nervous about our defense, you know our head coach is with them for a lot of time.
3: I'm interested in seeing the relationship between DJ Elliott and Mike McIntyre. Like you said, the defense is his baby. And with Jim Levitt, he it really wasn't able to be his baby because Jim Levitt was like, you know, back off. This is my defense. I'm going to work with them the way I want to work with them. So now that that isn't in the picture with DJ Elliott, I'm curious to see – how much he is going to be involved with the defense again this year.
0: Absolutely. But that defense is definitely where the questions lie on this football team. I think everyone sitting at this table is in agreement that the offense is going to be quite all right. And Bryce just mentioned special teams as another concern. Um, But the defense is interesting. And I think, you know, that back end is where it's a little bit worrisome. You've got experienced players back there, which makes you settle in a little bit more. But you did lose a lot of talent. You lose Cheeto. You lose Tedrick. You lose Akello, uh, et cetera. You, on, the front, on the front end of that defense, you lose Jordan Carroll. You lose Josh Tupo. That's a lot for any team to handle. And, and for these guys, you know, you're okay, I think, in, in the safety area with Ryan Moeller, with Afalabi Laguda helping you out back there. I think that experience back there is so, so important in terms of getting the defense into the right place. I want to know what you guys think about the front side of this defense because I think Josh Tupo was probably the most underrated player on this
2: defense last year. There's really no doubt about Tupo's importance last year and it's going to be Javier Edwards that's going to have to take his place, especially in run defense. But I'm not as worried about the D-line as most people are because it's It's one of the most deep positions that they have on the defensive side. So they're going to be rotating seven, eight guys. I guess it's going to be seven now that Frank Umu is suspended. So when you have that much depth and you can rotate guys in, it means that guys won't be getting tired. And that's going to be huge when you're going up against a fast-paced team like CSU.
4: They still have experience on the line too, right? I mean, you have like Leo Jackson and Derek McCartney and all of these people who are... Um, coming back and who have played before and who have had like really good camps as far as we've seen and heard. So I mean, they lost Jimmy Gilbert last year too. It's the other guy, but
1: a lot of talent. You also have like a guy like Derek McCartney who gets after the quarterback, which is important. I mean, you have guys that are that aren't complete. Like it's not like we have comp- no nobodies out there. You know, I mean, you, we've that's one thing also about when now uh, you were talking about the back end and, and being worried about the back end of the defense. I mean. These corners and stuff—they've been in trial by fire against one of the best receiving cores in the country. And if you look at that, I mean, I'm not comparing us to Alabama by any stretch, but how do you get, how do you plug those new guys in? You play against great players in practice day in and day out, and you know that these guys are competing every day. So, I mean, yeah, we got some redshirt freshmen that are back there—Udofa um, and, and, and all those guys, uh, Ronnie Blackman, I think. Um, I mean, they've been—I'm they've, sure they've had their tough times in practice, plenty of times going up against wide receivers day in and day out, and that's the best way to get better. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but I think you're going to be surprised. They're make some plays too.
0: That's a really good point. You know, uh, a lot of talk this week is about Michael Gallup, uh, the star receiver for CSU. And, and we were talking before the show, Chase, about how they're probably going to have Isaiah Oliver uh, shadowing him around the field. And that's, that's the move there because Isaiah Oliver, um, I talked to people today uh, who said some scouts – Some NFL scouts believed Isaiah Oliver was the best cover corner on the Buffs last season, and we just talked about all the talent that left there. So I think the move is to to shadow him, and then when you think of it that way, you think, okay, is going to be out there, an inexperienced guy. But no one that CSU can throw out there is going to be better uh, than the the guys he's going against in practice. Let's say they're putting Oliver on Shea Fields in practice. Well, that means Udofi is, you know, stuck covering Bryce Bobo, Jawan Winfrey, Devin Ross, whoever else, you know, they're lining up out there. He's not going to see
2: anything that he hasn't seen before. Exactly. That That's a great point. And as you look at this depth um, on the defensive backs, you don't really know about it because it's a bunch of freshmen, Juco transfers, that kind of stuff. But you do have to trust what they go up against in practice every single day. And if – Ronnie Blackman, say, is thrown in there, you have to trust him because he's guarded the Devin Rosses and the Lee Walkers and the Jay McIntyres in the slot.
0: I think that that key matchup is going to be Oliver and Gallup. Uh, We all know how good Oliver is. We got a glimpse at how good Gallup is last week. I think if you can take Gallup out of the game, or at least close to, contain him from Isaiah Oliver's standpoint, then... That makes your your life a whole
1: bunch easier as the CU defense as a whole. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do with that. I feel like in the past Mac doesn't really he doesn't really follow corners around. I don't think he does that very much. I think he kind of trusts his corners. And the thing is, is with all these corners that he has, I mean, there's a lot of them, and it's really just going to come down to who's a gamer and he'll ride the hot hand. I mean, that's what's that's probably how he's going to handle the entire thing. I guarantee you. I don't think he's going to have Isaiah Shadow Gallop. I really don't. I see, think he's going to let him. I think he's going to let his corners. He's going to trust him, and we'll see if he. We'll see how they perform. But I, I just don't. I can't picture Isaiah running from one side of the field all the way to the other if Gallup goes in motion or something like that. I, I, I just. I've never seen him do that. I would advise against that.
0: Uh, you know, like I said, you know Isaiah Oliver can cover Michael Gallup. and you have you know th- a guy like Udofia has gone against tough matchups in practice. But Gallup is no joke. Um, He is not – he would be – it's not like he would be, you know, uh, nothing if he was on CU. If he was on CU, he'd be a contributor to this offense for sure. So, I don't – I wouldn't advise that. I I
1: know – I agree, I agree. But I think it's just a part of the defense. And it's also just what you're saying to your kids, too. I think you want to give them a chance. I mean, let them try it. you got to let them try it. Because, heck, if you stop them for a couple drives or they don't throw to them, I'm sure, then – You don't have to change your defense at all. You don't have to change what you're doing.
4: No, I mean, I agree with Ryan. I mean, think about what, when fall camp started, Udopia was not a starter. Like, that was Anthony Joel Mises' job. So that kid isn't necessarily as ready to take on somebody like Michael Gallup as Isaiah Oliver is, and that's why I I agree with you. I think that... Isaiah Oliver needs to stay on. I'm not
1: saying it's a bad move at all. I'm just saying that I just, it, I, it'd be interesting to see if Mac does that. Because to my memory, I don't remember Mac doing that. But then again, it really didn't matter because he had great corners on both sides of the I th-
3: I think maybe give them a try. At th- uh, maybe, I don't know. They want to start off hot. They don't want to start off with oh maybe maybe we can have him cover him like I think they want to start off a, there are a lot of questions with this defense I think they want to start off showing that this defense doesn't need to have those questions like they are going to bring it this year just like they did last year so I honestly think that starting him off with just giving him a try will be the best choice for them I think having Isaiah Oliver come out kill it just immediately off the bat, show that what this defense is all about, and then maybe if they it is a blowout or who knows, whatever the score ends up being, then give him a try. But definitely right off the bat, I would uh, advise against it, like Ryan said.
0: I think we're all in agreement, even Bryce, in the sense that it would probably be for the best to shadow him. But I, I agree with Bryce as well in the sense that coaches are stubborn, man. They always think, like, no, no, he can do it. We don't want to mess with our defense. If we just do what we do best – We'll be fine. We don't need to change what we do because of them. So I, I wouldn't exactly be shocked if they, if they say, look, we keep you know Isaiah where Isaiah is, and if, that, if Gallup lines up over there, that's fine. Um, and if he doesn't, then we trust our other guys.
2: Yeah, McIntyre in the past has kept them on their side, but I think the new defensive backs coach, Shadon Brown, has a little different idea about that because he has mentioned it a couple times that he trusts Isaiah Oliver on the number one guy. It, no, no matter who, which team it is, he trusts that Isaiah Oliver will go out and lock down that number one guy. And just the way that he like phrases that every single time makes me believe that they would actually have Isaiah Oliver shadow Michael Gallup in this match.
0: I guess we'll see. And that's the exciting part about this. We don't even have to wait that much longer. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting matchup before we get into kind of the strengths and weaknesses of each team that we kind of touched on a little bit um, we'll go straight into the matchups Uh, but I got to let you know about the Blake Street Tavern where we are sitting currently it is the creme de la creme of sports bars it it is the best place you could ever be to watch a CU game except for in the stadium Uh, it's it's one Folsom Field two I guess Sports Authority Field this weekend three blake street tavern and i don't even think there's anyone that can debate that uh so if you if you didn't get tickets or whatever i know there's still some available if you need to get in get on that if you just want to take those 35 dollars you were going to spend on a ticket and turn them into liquid you can pour down your throat (laughs) and enjoy the game a bit more this is the place to do it uh so blake street tavern get out here and have some fun okay so we've talked a bit about where these teams lie and and where their strengths and weaknesses are but let's go ahead and just award a point let's look at the whole uh, the whole breakdown of every team in the matchup and uh, and then we'll at the end see how how it all adds up so let's start with CU's offense and we'll start with CU's passing game against CSU's secondary I think this one we're all in agreement on Chase what do you think
2: yeah, that's the most obvious pick right there. Um I'm pretty sure even CSU fans would take CU's passing game over CSU's defense. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, we were looking at this uh a bit earlier and while they do have a couple of seniors back there, they're also starting a sophomore uh who was a wide receiver running back kind of scat back uh in their secondary, so that's just not going to cut it really against <laughs> CU's wide receivers, I don't think. So uh, that's a that's an obvious point there to the buffs. Um, all right, let's go into CU's running game versus CSU's run defense, who did a pretty admirable job admirable job against Ryan all aside from that one big one that he busted off in the first half. I thought they did a pretty good job containing him.
1: Yeah, um I that doesn't I don't really care 'cause I'm not i do not really care because i am not going to bet against Phil Lindsay. There you go. Uh, anyone that's all you need to know have anything to say <laughs> other than that. Or, yeah, or Mike Atkins. But, yeah, I just, I mean, Phil's crazy, and it's awesome, and I just don't see anyone stopping him, especially some dudes from Fort Collins.
0: All right. Well, that's two uh, on the Buffs' offensive side of the ball to zero uh, for CSU. But things could change quickly as we move along to the other side.
1: One thing, CSU, man, our tight ends. Man, they might have our tight ends figured out. I'll give them that.
0: <laughs> what tight ends? Does CU even employ any tight ends anymore? uh Just Eddie Lopez. On the other side now, CSU's passing game versus CU's secondary. Chase, what do you think? Ooh,
2: this one's, this one's, I don't know. I wasn't as impressed as some other people with CSU's passing game this past weekend. Um, I'll still give the edge to CSU just because of the inexperience that CU has, but that's going to be a close one.
3: I agree with Chase on that one. Yeah, I, actually, I think it's going to be close, but just the inexperience really does play a role sometimes, especially in such a big. They're in Sports Authority Field, like it's such a big game. You know, emotions really get the best for, of you, and when you're like a freshman or a sophomore starting out on there, you know, could be really nerve-wracking. It could, it could lead some simp- to some simple mistakes.
0: Yeah, I, you know. I thought I was going to have to be the voice of reason here that came around and said, nah, you got to give CSU's uh, passing offense some credit here. Uh, but last week, uh, you know, Nick Steven goes 26 for 39, 334 yards, three TDs, one interception, 8.6 yards uh, per attempt. Those guys are legit. You know, Michael Gallup was obviously the star, um, 11 catches, 134 yards, uh Ola B.C. Johnson, five catches for 66 yards. They've got guys out there. Um, like we said earlier, it's not going to be this wild mismatch that we kind of believe that CU's offense versus their secondary is, but I think it probably does fall in their favor.
1: Yeah, I get it pains me to say, but when you look at a, our secondary, I think one of the biggest the most important thing in the secondary is communication when it comes to when it comes to the safeties and the corners and everyone really just understanding where they need to be and, and trusting that your teammate's going to be there and, and there are going to be some hiccups for CU there. I know we got two safeties that can really kind of direct and, and lead the lead those guys from back there, but um, CSU definitely has some good players there. I don't think they are just a one-trick pony with Gallup, um, but no one's going to complete anything on Isaiah Oliver, so the other guys just need to step up.
0: Really quick, I do want to go back to that running game matchup, CU's running game versus CSU's run defense. When you take out the 75-yard run by Ryan Nall last week, Oregon State averaged 2.75 yards per carry. That is a very good um, clip from the CSU defense there. So, while I think everyone here believes Phil Lindsay um, is, at the very least, I think a fringe Heisman candidate, at least he's on people's radars as one of the better running backs in the country, Um, I I wouldn't just completely right off the csu run defense that's a really good job against ryan Nall, who is who is no joke um as a running back let's go ahead now and go to csu's run game versus csu's run defense
2: i'll definitely give the edge to csu here i i i wasn't as impressed with their passing game um this past weekend but i was definitely impressed with their run game they just have the combo of dalen dawkins and izzy matthews where izzy matthews up the middle dalen dawkins out wide it's it's tough to stop i'm gonna give csu the edge there
0: yeah i mean they put three uh, three touchdowns in the air and three touchdowns on the ground uh the one if i'm a cu fan the one that kind of freaks you out is dalen dawkins i feel like he just has it uh he can just ball and and he's played well in this game before some some very big plays two years ago some big plays last year Dylan Dawkins is for real. Um, I don't think he was even recruited by CU, which is questionable. But uh, that dude can play. And, again, I give the nod probably to CSU's run offense. And when CSU has had success in this game, it's usually been from running the ball. I think everyone uh, remembers a couple years ago when D. Hart ran wild. The Buffs had absolutely no answer. They CSU pretty much ran the same play the entire game, and the Buffs couldn't stop it. If CSU is going to win this game, it's going to be with their run game, I believe. Not uh, the senior quarterback in Michael Gallup, uh, which I believe CU's secondary can contain. I think it's going to be if they can get something going on the ground uh, that they can win this game.
1: Yeah, I. that's exactly what I was going to say. So
0: now we're at 2-2, two, two, and it's a funny thing about this game because when it's close, it almost always seems to boil down to something crazy happening on special teams. Uh, it's a return. It's, I think it was D.D. Dee Dee Goodson uh, muffing a punt, changing the momentum in a game. It's uh, one that didn't cost the Buffs, but Diego Gonzalez missing a game-winning field goal attempt as time was expiring. This There always seems to be something that happens, and special teams is a scary, scary kind of area
2: for the Buffs. Uh, going into the season there's a lot of unknowns there Um, yeah there are definitely some uh, unknowns I I don't know much about what CSU offers on special teams but oh they uh, have a
0: very very good kicker in Wyatt Bryan Um, three for three last week seven for seven on extra points they kicked seven extra points that's a lot Uh, he scored 16 points himself uh, in that game he's a very solid uh, solid kicker and a solid punter, but hey, it's not all about kickers and punters right. on, on special gonna, teams.
2: That's about returners. I too. was going to bring up the return game. If uh, McIntyre has a, enough confidence to start Isaiah Oliver as the punt returner, and he is the guy I'm going to, I'm not going to bet against Isaiah Oliver. He's going to make some big plays.
1: Yeah, I think special teams, i last year, whenever the last time we talked about this, I, I always mentioned special teams. It's it's nerve-wracking, and I think the thing that I looked at, aside from, I mean, our uncertainty at the kicking position and the weird Alex Kinney thing on the Ray guy thing, I still don't understand that. <laughs> Apparently he's really good now. I, I won't believe it till I see it. But um, Lee Walker do, being our kicker-turner is kind of s- something that's interesting. I don't think he's ever returned any, any kicks before, so really all you can ask there is just hold on to the football. Um, that's really the worst thing that can happen there.
0: I will um, say when he was brought in to CU way back when, he was instantly considered one of the fastest guys on the team. Um, and I don't think that's ever really been an issue for him. It's, it's more been about route running and you know understanding the offense as far as I'm concerned. So while you've got that stacked wide receiver core, it's nice to have a guy like Lee Walker who's a blaze that can come in and, and return kicks for you.
4: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think um, I've heard a couple times that Lee's had a pretty good camp this year, so I think that's part of why they gave him the nod there.
0: So you never know what
1: part of special teams is going to tilt it. Yeah, the coverage. I feel like they always have a big return on us, always. That's always one thing I feel like they'll have a big return. What year did we have there was, like, back-to-back returns? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was wild. I
0: can't remember what year that was, but... It does seem like there's always some sort of game-breaking yeah, play. I could you
1: got that green and gold section going nuts because they, they made like a big back play out there. Just like back and forth, yeah, like you guys said. It could be a tennis thing. I think there will be big plays back-to-back plenty of times during the game. Really quick,
0: something that we didn't grade. So at this point, I, I think we're calling that one
2: a tie?
1: Yeah, that's a toss-up. No,
2: that, that decides the whole entire game, so we have to pick someone. It was No, two, because two before that.
0: we left one interesting part out. Uh, so I'm calling that a tie. I, okay. I don't. I okay. mean, unless you want to bring some special teams uh, no, ace knowledge. I'm that not going
2: to argue against a tie. I was <laughs> you got some hurt. inside but info about if, the special if we teams. we have one more
0: topic that I'm not going to argue against. It. The final topic that we did not cover is the pass rush. And it is important. We talked about the secondary versus the passing game, um, but we did not talk about the pass rush. And maybe just maybe this can be what kind of tilts it one way or the other. Um, so I'll start with CU's pass rush going up against CSU's offense. Bryce, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think this is kind of, if you want to help a secondary out, you obviously get after the quarterback. And I think with Derek McCartney coming back, who proved to be a beast getting after the quarterback last year, and Taron Hasselback who can run, you got a, quick, a quicker kind of defense, I think, this year for the Buffs. And, I think that if there's a way to to kind of neutralize or help out that buff secondary, I mean, you just we can get after the quarterback. I think in this game,
0: Chase, I want to ask you
1: because one
0: of the big parts of CU's pass rush last year was Cheeto. Uh, He was always in the backfield making plays. Who are they going to use this season in that role to kind of get a a
2: secondary pass rush, if you will? I think you got to look at Ryan Moeller first because I think he's a guy that likes to get to the backfield and likes to get to the quarterback. Um, I haven't seen much from Evan Worthington, but I assume just from what Coach Mack has said about him that he's the guy that they could use in that Cheeto slot role where you do a quarterback blitz. Um, Those are probably the big two. So that's a
0: pretty solid area, I think, for the Buffs in terms of rushing the passer. Now checking out CSU's pass rush... The, they were in a game last week where Oregon State threw the ball 47 times, uh, and in that game they're only able to notch one sack. They did get 10 hurries, but Chase, the offensive line is supposed to be a strength for the Buffs this year.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna take the CU offensive line against any non-power five offense or defensive line any day of the week. Um, They're returning five of their six starters, and the sixth one that didn't start last year is Jonathan Huckins, who actually played quite a bit in pretty much every position last year. So this offensive line is very good, very experienced, and they should be able to shut down any type of CSU pass route.
0: Well, there it is. That breaks the tie. Uh, But as you can see, while we have CU winning the matchup category, this is close. This is not... I don't expect it to be anything like last season when the Buffs were able to just run over CSU in every facet of the game um, and and really blow them out from start to finish. This is going to be a test for the Buffs, an early test, and as it almost always feels like it does, a lot of the season and what the Buffs want to do and their goals hinge upon winning this game. Uh, And I I truly believe in the... uh, Heightened importance of this game, so it's going to be huge. Quickly, I want to get your guys' take on the level of this rivalry because a lot of people involved, uh, whether it's fans or whatever, throughout this program don't exactly want to acknowledge CSU as that big rival. I think as the years have gone on, and, and Nebraska has fallen out of the picture. It's become a bit more accepted in CU in the CU fan base to say that it is a rivalry. But Ali, I'll start with you. How how from your perspective, how big is this rivalry?
3: I like you were saying, I mean CU definitely did have a lot of other big rival schools, mainly Nebraska, but it's all fizzled away and CSU is really that one guy. I mean, if you think of maybe not even a rival, but a game that all the fans are like, oh, this is going to be a good one, will be Washington because of that matchup and what happened at the Pac-12 championship. But honestly, like to start off the season, what makes everyone get so hyped for CU football is that CSU game. So I think the rivalry, the CSU rivalry is huge for the Buffs, especially incoming freshmen, all of the new Buffs. That's, that's what they know about CU football is the CSU-CU game.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly when when kids come in, the the thing they're talking about in their dorms is, oh, are you going to the CSU game? Like, it's not, are you going to make it to that Northern Colorado non-conference matchup, or even, you know, are you going to whatever the homecoming game against Cal? It's it's all the all about the CSU game for the younger generation of fans, and I think Bryce, your hate from the top of the show shows that there's something about CSU. That makes CU fans not like them, and that's what a rivalry is all about. Oh, totally. I think. I mean,
1: especially for for people from the state of Colorado, I mean, you you started rooting for one of these teams from the beginning, and you just didn't like the other one from from that time forward. But it, the 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 state of this rivalry is really good. I think. Like we said earlier in the show, they're all. This is cu- turning out to be a perfect storm for a classic Rocky Mountain showdown. I mean, Friday night, two teams that have really good momentum to. Go against each other, and I think it's just great for the state. And I mean, when you it is a rivalry despite the 64 to 22 win to loss ratio, who's got the 64 again? Uh, with the University of Colorado,
0: it's not exactly a so I
1: mean, it is a rivalry, but is it
0: the long term sustainability (laughs) of this rivalry doesn't exactly scream rivalry, but there's just something about it. CSU fans get under CU fan skin, it's just. They've been they're the they're they're that pesky little brother. They might be little brother, but little brother, as Ali can attest, can get under your
1: skin very well. Oh yeah, it's 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 just as we've I've said this before. It's just a tough game for CU fans. I mean, because it's as we've always said, we're not supposed to lose this game. And when CSU loses, they can kind of they know their rightful place. And then when they win, it's like hell yeah, we won. So in a way, like it's just kind of a win win for them. But for us, it's like we have to win or this game sucks. So,
0: whether you're going to be hating CSU fans out at Sports Authority Field in the parking lots, like throwing water balloons or whatever, or you just want to come and like, get in some really close quarters uh, with CSU fans, if you want to do that, then come to the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, you can probably get in some heated conversations. Let's not take it further than that. Uh, but you, could, you can find a good, nice little core sample of the rivalry here at the Blake Street Tavern. I'm sure it'll be more pro CU if that's what you're into, uh, but it's going to be exciting here on Friday night. Not quite as it will be just a few blocks away or maybe a mile or two away at Sports Authority Field, Um, but make sure you get out to the Blake Street Tavern. They have great specials during the game, and the food here uh, is really my favorite part of it all, so make sure you come by the Blake Street Tavern if you're not making it to the game. All right, so... We're going to get to one of Bryce's, Bryce and I's favorite segments of all time and Allie and Sam's least favorite segments. It's
3: dumb. Of I thought all time. A lot of you thought that I had gotten it banned. Don't but give it away.
0: Sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tease here. Uh, Sorry. We are going to get to that very secret <laughs> and special. It's
3: not very secret.
0: Very secret and very special segment. But first, Chase actually was able to catch up with QB1. Uh, earlier this week and so let's jump right into chase's interview with steven montez
2: all right so we're glad to bring on qb1 steven montez on the podcast welcome steven um this is your first summer first fall as qb1 what's it been
5: like Uh, i mean it's been fun it's been just Coming in every day, getting better with the guys around me and my brothers, my teammates, and so it's been, it's been, it's been good. It's been a good run, fall camp, and hopefully we continue that momentum that we picked up in fall camp during the season.
2: All right, we've just reached inside game week here. Uh,
5: it's officially CSU
2: week. Are you, how
5: excited are you to play this game? I'm extremely excited, especially because of the last two uh, CU CSU matchups that i that I've witnessed live. I mean these games get pretty crazy. The fans are they're they're really amped up and hyped to see th- these two teams play and it's it's an in-state rivalry. It's who's who's got bragging rights, so it's going to be a fun game for sure.
2: Did you have some big rivalry games in high school?
5: Um, I think our biggest our biggest rivalry game was probably Sledda and they they weren't very good.
2: You always crashed them. We
5: always put it on them by a couple a couple 40 pieces.
2: All right, so I want to ask you this. You Obviously, you you have great size for a quarterback. You have a power form. What are the key attributes to being a quarterback?
5: Uh, mental toughness. I think mental toughness is probably one of the biggest key attributes to playing quarterback because, I mean, things aren't going to always go how you plan. They really honestly seldom – are not seldom. They, they really honestly don't go how you plan ever. So, I mean, you just got to be ready for what the defense is going to throw at you, what the, the game is going to throw at you, and just – take it for how it is and just keep continuing to make plays and keep keep just trying to win the game
2: so your dad obviously played quarterback and it it looks like he was the one that gifted you with this arm what has he taught you about playing the quarterback position
5: um i mean he just always tells me to go out there and just play tough just play fast play my game how i play it and just just to know in my mind that i'm the baddest dude out there and that nobody can mess with me when it comes to game time
2: so your dad played for the Raiders. I think you were born in Oakland, if I'm correct. Yeah, I was.
5: I was born in Al- Alameda. <laughs>
2: the question that some CU bus fans slash Broncos fans want to know, are you a Raiders fan?
5: Uh, I'm not a Raiders fan, actually. I'm uh, with, See, with the NFL stuff, I I have a hard time picking teams because, I mean, I feel like so many players just move around a lot. So, I mean, my favorite quarterback is Tom Brady. If that? Do you have, like,
2: a game. go-to team in Madden that...
5: Uh, yeah. In Madden, I'm um, lethal. In Madden 18, which I just got oh, wow. two, three days ago. I got the GOAT edition, by the way. Wow. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> I already wondering. picked it up.
2: You picked it up on Tuesday. I TV? picked it up
5: right when it came out. At 9 o'clock, I was there. Um, my team is the Texans. Oh, okay. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins are some freaks. Yeah. And that defense is nothing to be messed with, too. They got J.J. Watt, Davion Clowney, dangerous.
2: So what do you like to play in Madden? You Grand, like Madden Ultimate Team, career mode? Um,
5: Usually I just do the franchise and the Ultimate Team. Uh, apparently there's this new like Long Shot. Oh yeah, the, the Story Mode. The Chronicles of Long Shot yeah. kind of feature. I think I'll probably play into that a little bit and just see what it's about. But usually it's just the Ultimate Team and then the franchise and then obviously playing against your boys when it gets real competitive.
2: All right, so this is a really good topic. What are some other video games you like to play?
5: Um, I like to play NFL Street. On the original Xbox, for for people who know who don't know who, what that is, you might want to do your research and go pick it up. Probably the best game of all time. Um, I play Forza a lot. Forza is a racing game. For those who didn't know, it's a, it's very realistic. It's 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 less like probably the most popular need for speed yeah i think need for speed might be the most popular racing
2: up there but everyone seems like yeah
5: for realism if you want a realistic racing game forza is definitely the move
2: what do you play xbox one ps4 i'm an
5: xbox one guy i've been an xbox guy my whole life all
2: right all right so that's about it forza
5: nothing else call of duty uh i'm not really a big call of duty guy i play sometimes um I'm trying to think about any other games that I play. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge NCAA fan. They need to bring NCAA back. They they discontinued. You want to be playing with
2: number twelve on CU? That's what I'm
5: trying to. I'm trying to be playing with with the Colorado Buffs.
2: You can load rosters, can't you? I got. Yeah,
5: I did. I did load the roster.
2: And you're in there. And I'm in there. Are you happy about your ratings on whoever made that? Whoever
5: made that. (laughs) Whoever made the roster is sadly mistaken. They put me at like a 71. I don't think. I don't think that's uh that's true to the. Was that last year? That was last okay. year. So I mean, that was my yeah. So my this year, freshman year,
2: you would expect a little ratings. I mean,
5: this year I would at least expect them to hand me like an 80, 81. <laughs> I would be satisfied with like an 85. All right, all right. I think that's about fair. But yeah. arm strength would be. Arm strength gotta be like probably like at least a 90, yeah. at least maybe 99. All right. So uh, who are you living with? Uh, I live with Isaiah Oliver, Brett Tons, Nick Porter. And Nick Porter's sister also lives with us. And then uh, Isaiah Oliver's girlfriend also lives with us. Is that there. in the house? Yeah, that's all in the house.
2: What, what do you like about those kids?
5: Uh, I mean, they're all, they're all real good guys. They're all real dependable. I mean, all of them, are, they've been my brother since I first showed up here, since we were going through Summer Bridge. Um, and me and Nick Porter, well, me and Nick Porter actually kind of just recently found out that our friendship was going to get serious when we had class together, and we, we ended up kind of joining a uh, fraternity together. We oh, joined okay. uh, Sigma Pi, so.
2: What do you think about out. that? Did, did you rush what last semester?
5: Yeah, yeah I rushed last spring. Okay, okay. Last spring,
2: Sigma Pi. So that brings up another really good topic. I heard that um, you played in a little intramural football game.
5: I did. I did actually in the in the fall. I played in the, the Sigma Pi powder puff game for the dudes. <laughs> Full on tackle. I played. I played like one drive, and it was probably the most hectic thing that I've ever played in in my life it's full
2: on tackle but with no pads full right? on
5: tackle with no pads and I mean they didn't really tackle me much because they couldn't catch me but and those, they, those two sidelines I want to say it was Sig Pi and Kappa Sig who were playing those two sidelines get real wild real real wild so that's always a that's always a fun thing I definitely won't be competing in that this year but I'll definitely be there to watch
2: yeah it's a little different when you're the backup quarterback as compared to the QB one yeah very true
5: um all right, so you play any basketball? You like going to the rec so? Yeah, definitely. In the off season, in the off season is my time for basketball. Um, but in season, obviously, everybody knows I got to stay out of the rec, try to stay healthy.
2: So, I know you balled in high school. Do you still think you got some game? Or? Oh, definitely.
5: I, I'm almost 100% positive that I could walk on to uh, the CU basketball <laughs> team. I definitely wouldn't start because obviously George King and them boys are serious. But I think I could definitely <laughs> like maybe get some pickup minutes like at the end of the game when we're up by like 30 points.
2: Did Tad ever give you a call like back in high school or?
5: Nah, someone had someone had joked around with him about the, the new quarter, it's when I was first getting like signed here when I first had signed they were like that quarterback that we just picked up can play some basketball and I guess Tad Boyle like laughed at it or something so I mean I guess he knows about <laughs> it but I don't know if he's ready to commit to that.
2: He didn't check out the tape?
5: He didn't check out the tape.
2: Alright so to finish it up I gotta know do you have a nickname? Because people keep on calling you Steven. I've also heard Steve. I like, like, slinging Steve or something to do with the arm. But um, what's your favorite?
5: I mean, a lot of people on the team call me Money.
2: Yeah, Money Montez. But it. I was thinking about that because, you know, I like to think about what I want to call you. But it takes away from the Money
5: gang a little bit.
2: I like Money Montez because, like, those two go together perfectly.
5: I mean, uh, Lee Walker calls me Queso. Oh, okay. So, I mean, get a little cheesy <laughs> on the field. I mean, I, like I can it. see it. It works well. Stevie Queso? Stevie, I mean, I, li- I like to stay away from Steve. <laughs> I mean, Stevie's cool. Stevie, but not Steve. Not Steve. Steve's so, too like... Steven or Stevie? I like Steven.
2: Okay. But okay. if we can
5: go Stevie Queso, I like that. All right. That's something
2: smooth. All right, well, I want to thank you for hopping on today. I appreciate you. Good luck this season. Thank you.
0: Well... Personally, I don't really care if he doesn't like Steve, uh, because that's what Rick George said, and Rick George is the boss around there. So I'm gonna call him Steve, Young Steve. Uh, I'm also okay with Stevie football, though.
3: I like Stevie football. (laughs) He's gotta earn that one.
0: You gotta make some plays with your feet. I I agree with that. Make some plays downfield before you can have Stevie
2: Queso or Stevie football.
3: Stevie Queso.
2: Do you know any of the backstory behind Stevie Queso? So he just said that Lee Walker calls him queso I was asking him what his nickname was and he said queso and I said okay Stevie queso I like that because that's what popped up in my head so I'm going maybe with it's because it. he's like got some some cheddar yeah, on the throws a little cheese little uh, bit of ch-
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Chase, what Thanks were your main takeaways cheese. from...
0: Um. That, that was a great
2: interview, honestly. What was your main takeaways from, from that talk with Steven Montez? Um, well, really, just the whole point of doing it was trying to bring Steve, Steven's personality out of him, which I tried to do, and try to just learn what this new QB1 is like. And um, I thought he did a pretty good job with that, and we kind of get to know who Steven is, and that was cool. I think he's going to be someone who if he can protect the
0: football is going to end up being a a serious fan favorite at CU. Look we've talked about it on this podcast at length but from the first time I saw him throw a football I was like that guy is talented and really I believe in terms of a pure talent standpoint arm talent um, can you know speed with his legs he really is the most talented quarterback that CU has put under center in a long time Uh, so that's exciting. I think Mike McIntyre kind of kind of said it well today by saying that he's more of a jokester yeah. than Sefo. Sefo is a really serious dude, uh, and you've seen him in Hard Knocks kind of getting in the books, although he also had some funny moments too. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, Steven Montez is more of that jokester, laid-back kind of yeah, cool guy. He's just cool. cool. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just a cool. breath describing. of fresh air
3: compared to that seriousness that Sefo brought last year. Which, so, you know, he, I can imagine that Steven Montez still can be serious, but...
0: Yeah, most certainly. So I think we're all excited to see them actually put it out there on the field. Enough talk. Um, and with that being said, we got to jump into the final segment, as it used to be for the longtime listeners. Uh, and if you didn't pick up on it yet, it is, of course, the all-name team. So with the stacked Uh, crowd we have here today. We decided to make it a battle of the sexes.
3: Which
4: is not fair. Um,
0: It's kind of... In terms of like...
4: We did not decide that. Ryan decided that. I decided
0: that. I wanted it to kind of have a CU, CSU feel to it. Like, over here with the guys, you got 64. Over here on the left, you got 22.
4: Why are we
3: that? Because you guys
0: lose a lot. So we're just doing things in the spirit of the game. Uh, But also in the spirit of the game... As the proverbial big brothers over here. And cause
1: chivalry has
0: not died. Yeah, chivalry <laughs> is alive and well. You can find love at the walrus.
3: Uh no, you can't. Still we've can't. Already, that we've already discussed that. That was a summer pod. But
0: maybe you can find love at Blake Street Tavern. Okay. Like the we're saying, chivalry first is not pick dead. In the the rebirth of the all-name draft <laughs> goes to the ladies' side.
3: Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? All right, I don't know. Um, our number one is Zach Golditch. They threw away the
0: obvious number one pick, folks. It's off to a raging start. <laughs> <laughs> what, can you can you say that one again?
3: Zach Golditch.
0: Nice, good pick, guys.
3: There's uh, such gotta bullies. Gotta say,
0: gotta say that uh, Zach Golditch didn't make it onto our top, didn't make it onto our big board at all. Um,
3: well, maybe we have a better humor than you guys.
0: That's yeah. That could <laughs> that could be possible, guys. I
4: think our second
0: one. To each really their really own. Long, yeah. Right. One. All right.
4: Wait, which one?
0: one? I don't even. Uh, I'm gonna. Gi- I'm gonna give this guy's name a try here, with like the number one pick uh, for the boys' team. I know which
4: one you're gonna. Change.
0: In the yeah. CUCSU Rocky Mountain Showdown, all name draft. Zontarius Brunt. No, just
3: for the record, we had that on our list too. We had that on our list.
0: Zontarius Brunt. Brunt Force coming with a hard number one pick.
3: We did have that on our list. It was number two.
0: Congrats. You could have had you could have had Carmelo Anthony, but you drafted Darko Miletic.
3: Thanks. Thanks.
0: All right, go ahead. Number two. Technically... Some people have said that we should do it snake style, but just based on the mismatch here, we're going to let you guys go uh, first in the second round as well.
4: Again, I feel like we are missing the point of this <laughs> I <agree>. because <laughs> we are just picking like the most obviously like inappropriate or funny names, and you guys are don't know doing the same more. thing they're just they think more elaborately and yeah. i all feel like you guys names. are you guys just like, like really overthink these names and
2: you're you guys like oh
3: my voices god
2: it's a so lot I'm of excuses csu is so. already making their uh, excuses i feel like there. you
0: guys just brought kool-aid to a gin party and that's okay um you know you need kool-aid at the party too
3: this is bad podcasting and i apologize for how bad sam and i are all right
0: take your second <laughs> pick
4: it's not even funny anymore. <laughs> okay. <I don't> know. <laughs> okay. So the second the second person uh, that we have selected is uh, Charles Dunkelman.
0: Nice. Also Truck. not on our big board.
4: <laughs> we didn't see this. Is what I'm saying. I think we're missing this. But
0: hey, I mean, it's kind of funny. kind ca- yeah.
4: It's kind of funny. I love a good Dunkel.
0: It's a funny name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's that's cute. That is cute. Stucky. All right, Chase. I'm gonna let you.
3: Wait. What was the What was the Fairly Odd Parents? Was it Dunkel, S- Dingle? Stop. Dingle.
0: Stop talking. Stop talking. Oh wow. Uh, Chase, go ahead with our second pick. Oh,
2: with the second pick with the guys' team, the guys select Livingston Powagoffi.
0: Livingston Powagoffi. I don't.
4: That one. It's, only funny with the voice, it's not funny by it. It's only funny with the voice though. It's not funny by it. itself
0: bring your voice like voice I
4: really wasn't impressed with
3: that one guys.
0: Livingston
3: you really disappointed me there <laughs> all right go ahead just um, wait this is our last one
0: it's your last pick
3: all right we're gonna break the rules since we already were breaking the rules. Um, and we're going to choose someone from 2014.
0: Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> not allowed.
3: His name is La Ryan King.
0: Sounds washed up. That's a, It should be an automatic d- disqualification, <laughs> but we don't need it. Uh, honestly.
3: Do you not get it that says your name in it and you think you're the king?
0: Well, actually, my last name means King's Mountain. So Ryan King's Mountain is really what my name translates to.
3: Congrats.
0: Thank you very much. Anyways, with our final pick. Uh, this was actually hashed out pretty hard in the war room. I was against the pick, so I'm going to let you make it Bryce. <laughs> with,
1: uh, with the with a third pick, Olabisi Johnson.
0: Olabisi Johnson. Olabisi.
1: Olabisi Johnson.
4: I don't get this game
3: either.
1: Olabisi.
3: <laughs> Can you explain that one to me?
1: Olabisi is just fun to say. Say it. Say Olabis. it. What was that? What'd you say? Olabisi.
3: Olabisi. Yeah, something fun. like
0: that. <laughs> All right.
3: You well, know, whatever. As always,
0: that was smooth. Uh, great sound. Great podcasting. Sorry
3: about the that. The girls guys. used
0: the microphone perfectly. Everything was done uh, just as we planned it, and that gets us back onto a track where we can at least finish this on a high note. We're days away from the return of college football season. Bryce, you were talking about it earlier. One of your buddies asked you, can you believe it? It's on Friday. It's really – it's actually hard to believe. I don't know if it's it's just been a slow kind of hype train, but for me, the train is chugging along
1: now. Yeah, man. I think the Rockies still being relevant this far into into August and now September kind of maybe might have made it go faster perhaps. But – Thing really sprung up. I mean, it's right around the corner. What are you most looking forward to about Friday? <sighs> wow, man. That's a great question. Um, atmosphere, of course, tailgating, um, the gold lids running out. That's always gives you the chills. Seeing Ralphie, all that. Um, and just the feelings you get during that game, man. Just watching, just the emotions that that game takes you through. It's just, it's awesome. And College football is back, baby, and it's awesome that we get to enjoy the buffs on Friday and then get a veg out and drink all day on Saturday to watch all the other games. Absolutely. I got to say I'm really looking forward to the smell of beer
0: on hot asphalt that was, like, spilled throughout. Like, when you walk up to the showdown, there's just this aroma that only comes out there. It's like drunk college kids puke. Before the puke hits, you mean? So, like, so you dried love that up smell. Uh, Porta potties. Honestly,
2: it's everything I love <laughs> all at once. Chase, what are you, what are you looking forward to? Uh, first and foremost, seeing these guys play because we haven't gotten to see them that much, and there's a lot of question marks on D that I need to get answered. So I'm most looking forward to seeing these guys get on the field.
3: Allie, I agree with that. I feel like there's been so much hype awa- around Jawan Winfrey. So I'm finally excited to see him play, see what he has to bring to the table because, like we've heard multiple times, Bryce Bubba had a great camp as well as Juwan Winfrey. So I'm really interested to see what CU decides to do in that wide receiver position with Bryce Bubba and Juwan Winfrey, who plays better at the CSU-CU-Rocky Mountain showdown game, So as well as the defense. I guess I'm really excited to see – to have all my, ans- my questions answered, which I don't think they will be, but – At least a little bit
0: you'll get your answers Sam. What are you looking for?
4: I'm just excited to have football back like I just miss watching football on Saturdays, but yeah, I agree I'm excited to see Juwan Winfrey play I'm excited to see how the defense kind of pans out with everybody that they've lost. I think that's gonna be interesting
0: Above all, I'm really just excited to see Philip Lindsay do his thing and and just be that guy against CSU and also Ryan Muller another Colorado kid who who told Jake Shapiro the other day that he was trying not to cuss when talking about CSU, I love the hate between the Colorado guys. So, those two guys, I'm excited to see what they have.
3: I'm actually, Ryan, we talked about this earlier. I asked, is Mike McIntyre going to cry during his speech before the game today? And you said, or er, not today, before the game. You said, no, he's done with the crying.
0: Mike Macken, Crier, left with last season. Now it's all about Mike Macken, serious. <laughs>
1: I would say one thing that I would just urge everyone also to, to definitely do is just take a couple plays to just watch only Isaiah Oliver and just watch this man go to work and just watch how athletic this kid is. And I, I think he's a kid that's honestly going to go higher than Cheeto did in the draft. I think he's probably the best corner that was on the team last year, obviously. Uh, going forward, I think he's just an outstanding player and just a perfect corner for the NFL.
0: Plenty to be excited about. I, I think we can sit here do a whole other podcast just talking about what we're looking forward to seeing. Uh, but we thank you for tuning in to the Rocky Mountain Showdown preview. A bit of a roundtable set up here. Uh, great to have Bryce Badwin back on the podcast. go Buffs. Great to get everyone on the podcast. Uh, and, and great to bring this to you from the Blake Street Tavern. So for all of my co-hosts, who I don't feel like naming again, I'm Ryan Konigsberg, and thanks for tuning in to the BSN Buffs podcast.